this is Dan Savage, and this is Savage Love Podcast, the uh, live Gabby version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. The phone number, if you want to call and leave a question for me to answer on the podcast, 206-201-2720. Now let's get right to the uh, goddamn pre-recorded question, shall we? Hey, Dan. I'm a 27-year-old straight boy, and... I used to uh, just kind of date around and uh, slept with a lot of friends in college. I just, you know, because I was friends with and dated a few people, but never felt too terribly in love. But uh, two years ago, I fell madly in love with this girl and we connected like I've never connected with anyone else before. Then she dumped me about a little over a year ago and I'm still just absolutely brokenhearted. And... Uh, now I I'm not even interested in uh, in all the uh, just kind of dating around I used to do, which it's really weird for me. So I want your advice. How do I get over this girl? Um, I I don't know what to do. What what do you suggest? Um, one thing that's occurred to me is maybe I should just try dating people even if I'm not interested. In them, but that seems kind of ethically questionable uh, to use someone as distraction. So let me know what you think. What do you suggest? Thanks a lot. Bye. Good question. How do you get over somebody? Uh, and we're going to give this person a call back and stage a little uh, live inter- uh, intervention here. So just hold tight. I'm going to call him up. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. Um, mostly, I'm just uh, uh, feeling silly that I can't go get over this girl. How long has it been again since you broke up with her? Um, she dumped me a year. Oh, that's and what a I half meant. How long has it been since she cruelly dumped you? That's yeah. What I meant yeah. by that. I was trying yeah. to put a more positive spin on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she dumped me a year and a half ago. Oh God! You should be the fuck me. over her already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And here's what you do. Can I just jump in there? We we all just heard your question. Oh, Um, yeah. I just wanted to beat you up in person. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because you haven't suffered enough with uh, being dumped by the love of your life and being alone for a year and a half and everything. Um, You know what you're doing wrong? Uh, You're assuming that you're irresistible. Um, You're assuming that... Uh, if you date someone else when you may not be 100% available to them emotionally or may not be ready to date, that that's somehow unethical and cruel because, uh, because of course, that other person is going to fall madly in love with you, right? You, the assumption that undergirds your, your, your whole sort of uh, ethical dilemma is that any woman that you date is going to fall in love with you, so if you're not able to fall in love with them, you've hurt them and you've done something terrible. And that's not necessarily true that any woman you date is going to fall helplessly and hopelessly in love with you and be crushed, um, as you have been recently crushed. And, you know, that sucks to be crushed. And it's wonderful that you empathize and don't want to do to someone else what you just experienced with how unpleasant it has been. But, you know, everybody goes into the dating world without assuming that everybody they meet is 100% emotionally available, is 100% physically available, and is 100%, you know, chance of success. For for any sort of, like, crazy, fucked-up reason. Like, you know, it could be bad timing. They could be hung up on somebody they just dated recently. They could be moving away. Uh, you know, they could have lung cancer, not know it, and drop dead three months later. There are no guarantees. So you need to, like, the only cure for this, uh, this uh, you know, uh, this, 
your your problem, the only cure for the the cross you're carrying around with you, is to get out there and date and put some physical and emotional distance between you and your ex. And you can't worry about hurting other people because that happens. Mm. Anybody who wants to never be hurt is someone who should never date. Mm. Yeah. And getting hurt's part of it. Yeah. Getting hurt's part of the fun. <laughs> and nobody, people don't want to admit that either. Like you know, you get dumped and. You cry and cry, and your friends pat you on the head, and you get it's a good, a good excuse to go out and have like sleazy one night stands for a while. It's a good excuse to eat and drink things you probably wouldn't eat and drink in such great quantities uh, <laughs> normally, and to wallow a bit. But you only want to wallow a bit, and you've been if you've been wallowing in this for a year and a half, it's way too long. Um, yeah, you need to get out there and get your dick wet and be selfish a little bit. Oh man, no, I've definitely. I mean, I've I've done a little bit of casual dating, and I've slept with a fair number of women since since. Uh, being dumped. It's just that I always have this this blaring um, voice in my head saying this this girl. I like I I don't have a connection with this girl the way I did with uh, with the ex. And you know you never will. You'll have some different connection. And how long were you with the ex? Um. Well, we were friends for like three years, and then we only dated for like nine months. So you you were only fucking for nine months and you've been carrying a torch for a year and a half about it? Yeah, basically. You need to look inside your soul and ask yourself what you're really afraid of. <laughs> I did something similar. You know, I dated this guy in college and I was so hung up on him and he moved away and he had another boyfriend and I was all, you know, destroyed and depressed. And I sort of, like, flounced around for a couple of years saying, oh, I can't possibly date. I'm just too much in love with, with Tommy and I can't move on. And what I was doing was avoiding dating because I didn't want to get AIDS and die. Mm, wow. And I was using this grand romance as an excuse mm. to avoid, you know, opening myself up to anybody else. Nobody I met could possibly compare and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So you need to ask yourself if, what if maybe you're avoiding romance and using this as an excuse. Because wow. a relationship, uh, to get over someone, should usually take about, you know, a third of the amount of time you were with them. Mm. Wow. So if you get dumped yeah. on your 50th wedding anniversary, you'll never get over that person because you'll die before you <laughs> get over that person. But if you get dumped after nine months, you shouldn't really be carrying a torch a year and a half later. And if you are, it's because you're gripping the torch. Yeah. Because you won't let go of it. So let go of it. What's stopping you? Um, girl was just so fucking amazing. <laughs> well, there are other amazing girls out there. But, you know, it took you three years of getting to know this girl before you started dating, before you felt she was so amazing. And if you date some girl, new girl, for three weeks, and you go, oh, she's not as amazing. Well, you can't discover how amazing someone is in three weeks. Hmm. And you can't compare someone you've been with for three weeks and, you know, their amazing quotient to the amazing quotient of this person hmm. that you were with long enough to really, you know, plumb their depths and get to know them and know how, you know, fucking amazing they were. You know, so you just gotta hang in there and not listen to the little voice in your head that's going, "Not as amazing, not as amazing, not as amazing." <laughs> oh wow! Ah, well, and it's okay. You know, it's okay to have a, and you should date women who are emotionally mature to know that you have an ex that you like still miss or are hung up on, mm-hmm. and that may help if you're dating someone where you don't have to pretend that you, you know, you got your heart broken. Mm-hmm. But drown that little person in your head who's going, not as amazing, not as amazing, not as amazing. Oh, boy. And just power through it. I'll, uh, I'll give it a shot. Okay. And then call us back and let us know uh, if you're still alive. Okay. And uh, are you Jewish or Christian or what? 
Um, I happen to be Lutheran. You happen to be Lutheran, which is sort yeah. of like being a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy, happy, sort of like uh, Christmas. Yeah, and and happy everything. And I'm uh, I'm also like I haven't taken a vow or anything, but I'm definitely um, considering uh, not getting married till everyone can get married. Oh, that's sweet of you to say, but I, I'm not one of those guys that think that you should do that. Oh, okay. I think well, that straight people should get married and that they should make a point of inviting the gays to their weddings and letting totally. people know. And if um, I actually, there's a chance I might become a Lutheran pastor. You might uh, become a Lutheran pastor. That's totally hot years. because Lutheran pastors so, can have sex with people, right? Yeah, that's true. But also, um, I, uh, I'll i be one of the, uh, the many but not enough Lutheran pastors who do same-sex weddings um, like in the eyes of God rather than me. Than wow, the you're awesome. Date. If I was single, I'd date you. I'd help you get over her. <laughs> oh, thanks. You'd never remember her after a half an hour with me. Nice, nice. Oh, man. And, um, yeah, and I'm just, uh, I think I think more Christians should listen to your love ethic because uh, you are, yeah, you always just have such sound advice. Well, people. thank you. I like to think of my column as a long extended sermon on the mount. Just a kind of mount. <laughs> Uh, you know, pee on to others as you would have them pee on to you. Things like that. Oh, yes, yes. That's <laughs> oh, beautiful. Well, thanks for calling. All right, thank you. Bye. Okay, that uh, that was uh, charming, and I don't even remember his name. That's how uh, emotionally connected I was to him at the end of that call. Um, he was a very nice guy. Uh, somebody should fuck his brains out and help him get over that bitch who dumped him. All right, moving on to the next call. Hi, Dan Savage. I've noticed lately in the weekly column and also some people some guys that are featured on the pod, weekly podcast have said, my girlfriend and I are not getting married until everyone has the right to get married. That's great. That's very noble. I applaud them 100%. Very noble. But I have to question some of these guys' intentions. I've been married to my wife for 10 years, but it took me a long time to get to the altar. And I came up with some excuses. Oh, we got to wait, blah, blah, blah. Um, knowing how guys are in some ways, I have to wonder if some of these guys are using, you know, the the whole thing of I'm not getting married until gay people have the right to get married. Uh, I wonder if these guys are using that as an excuse to put off marriage and keep having cold feet. You know, I kind of agree with you. You know, we can't look into the hearts of everyone who's uh, trotting out this new uh, excuse not to marry. All these straight people, mostly straight men, are saying, oh, I'm not getting married till everybody can get married. We can't look into their hearts and figure out which ones are sincere and which ones are, as you did, just looking for another good excuse to avoid having their asses dragged to the altar. Uh, certainly some of them are uh, using it as an excuse, and I think it may be more... Uh, than we want to admit or care to admit or care to think about. Um, it's certainly a, a nobler reason. Uh, you know, it's a noble uh, clothes to dress up your fear of commitment, I guess, than uh, lots of other things that, that a couple or a dude could say in that situation. But uh, I, uh, like I said to the previous uh, caller, I, I think people who are straight, I think people who are straight should get married if they can get married. Uh, and help press for the rights of gays and lesbians to marry. I actually think it plays into the religious rights uh, sort of paranoia and persecution complex uh, and their argument that same-sex marriage is somehow an attack on straight marriage if uh, straight people run around saying they're not going to get married until we can. Because <laughs> I, I know it's sort of a double backflip, uh, and it doesn't make much sense uh, to claim that that's an attack on straight marriage when straight people say they're not going to be married until we can. 
but the religious right employs a lot of bullshit uh, backflip arguments all the time to support their unsupportable positions. Uh, we don't want to hand them one more. So straight people who want to get married, get married. Don't do us any favors by uh, declining to get married until we can. Uh, just uh, write a check after the wedding. You know, take 10% tithe. Tithe your uh, your wedding presents and give 10% of their cash value to an organization pressing for same-sex marriage rights, if you really care. Um, we can do more with the money uh, to file the lawsuits and fight the gay marriage, anti-gay marriage initiatives. We can go farther with that money than we can go with your uh, posturing. Okay, Dan, I just heard your first podcast interview, or whatever, with uh, the guy talking about how he beat the crap out of his boyfriend's bed for calling him homophobic. And you got pretty angry at him about it and told him off about that. And I think that's kind of bullshit because, I mean, you totally had the right to kick the shit out of him. I mean, I guess in a relationship it's kind of complicated, but, like, for me, I go to an all-boys Catholic school, and I have to, like, always, like, defend kids who are going to get the kids, like, shit kicked out of them because they're gay. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think homophobia should be tolerated at all. Uh, it's nice that you think that someone who uh, calls somebody a name, however offensive or provocative, uh, should have the shit kicked out of them, and they probably should have proverbially have the shit kicked out of them or symbolically or figuratively have the shit kicked out of them. It is, however, illegal to kick the shit out of somebody, um, no matter what they called you. You know, a court maybe will take it into consideration if there were fighting words or you were provoked. But, you know, uh, part of learning to be a grown-up is learning how to, uh, to to not throw a punch at somebody who pisses you off, however badly they piss you the fuck off. Uh, and beating up your father-in-law because uh, he said something that hurt your twee feelings, whether you're gay or straight or whatever, um, just as sort of uh, bad policy uh, coming or going. Uh, and, and so I stand by my advice to that guy or my telling off of that guy. Um, and I agree with you that people who say asshole things should be treated like assholes and every once in a while an asshole should get smacked down. Uh, but I, but it is illegal to, uh, you know, it is assault to beat the fuck out of somebody because they hurt your feelings. Uh, somebody who calls you nasty names, you call them nasty names and get the fuck away from them. Uh, and tell them off. Somebody who beats you down, you have a right to self-defense, you can beat them back. Uh, but just because somebody calls you a name, I'm sorry. And, you know, I say this to someone who has been called plenty of names. I say this to someone who every time he opens his email in the morning is called plenty of names. Um, so it's not like uh, I don't know where I speak. Uh, so anyway, thank you for your input, but uh, you're wrong. Hi, Dan. Uh, thanks a lot for your great podcast. I've been enjoying it. Uh, my question is about my dick. I'm in my late 30s. I've been sexually active since I was 16 or so. Uh, when I was 19, I developed these small bruises on the tip of my dick. Um, usually, you know, they're usually really faint, um, but they're definitely noticeable. I've had my parts checked out by doctors for other reasons since, but they haven't said anything about the bruises. Um, are these little guys caused by sex? Am I just not using enough lube? Am I normal? Okay, thanks again. Bye-bye. I'm at a disadvantage here because I can't see your dick. Uh, unlike the doctors who checked out your parts for other reasons who could see your dick, the time to like bring up the bruises on your dick was probably when the doctor was looking at your dick and could see the bruises. I don't know what they are. You know, the skin down around your dick is thin and sensitive. There's tons of blood vessels. Some guys have blood vessels that are very close to the surface and they break blood vessels very easily during sex. And that could be it. You could be slapping it around too hard during sex. 
If the bruises come and go, it's clearly from use. If they're permanent, it's some sort of other condition. It doesn't sound like any sort of STD that I've ever heard of or seen photos of uh, or experienced myself. So uh, it doesn't sound serious. Um, but if you're really curious and you really want to know and you're just not looking for an excuse to get onto the podcast, uh, the next time a doctor has his dick in your hand or her hand, that's the time to ask. Not on the phone, not in the middle of the night, not to me. I can't really help you. Um, but uh, good, good, good luck with your dick. Uh, good day, Dan. My name's Scott. I'm calling from Brisbane, and I have a question for you. I want to know whether um, you, in your experience, you've found that certain fetishes for um, circumcision is prevalent. Like I find that you know, I'm particularly attracted only to guys that are cut, and want to know whether this is a a common thing or not. I find it's like a little bit limiting for me because I'd like to learn actually how to um, appreciate, you know, the full range of doodles. Sorry, it's probably very Australian of me. Um, thanks very much. Bye. So is it common for someone to have a strong preference about cut or uncut when it comes to cock or doodles, as they say in Australia, um, which sounds a little too much like the Wiggles who are from Australia, which kind of creeps me out. Um yeah, it is common for people to have a preference one way or the other, particularly in places where circumcision is more prevalent. Uh, people will have a really sort of strong pro-cut circumcised bias around uh, around their sex partner's doodles. Um, the only way to sort of learn how to appreciate other doodles is to find some guy that you're totally into who just so happens to be uncut, and uh, you'll be amazed how quickly you can learn to like his doodle if you really dig the rest of him. Um, and, and you just need to be open to it. You know, you want somebody who's nice and clean. You want somebody who uh, has good personal hygiene and a nice dick and everything else that you're looking for uh, in, the, in the crotch region. Uh, you know, you don't sleep with one uh, cut guy who doesn't bathe and then extrapolate from him the way all cut guys are. And neither should you mess around with one uncut guy with poor personal hygiene and then presume that all uncut guys are similarly uh sloppy or filthy or gross. This is not necessarily the case. You know, cut gu uncut guys have a little, uh, you know, an extra barrier, uh, a little more uh, responsibility around personal hygiene than cut guys do. It's a little harder to keep yourself clean, but it's not impossible. It's not even that difficult. You just have to be diligent. Um, and most uncut guys are diligent about it. Uh, you are uh, fortunate um, in, to live in a country where most guys probably your age are cut and now with the news that uh, circumcision helps reduce HIV transmission uh, by as much as 50%, although they're talking about in Africa where all sorts of other health problems run rampant and uh, uh, it's not just uh, – it's sort of Africa-specific. However, you're lucky to live in a world where this is the news. It's all over the papers, so more and more guys are going to be cut. Not that you're going to be sleeping with the guys who are going to be cut now as a result of these studies. I'm, I grew up in the United States. Uh, most of the guys I ever slept with, all the guys I ever slept with were cut until I went to Germany when I was 25 uh, and had a German boyfriend. And I always thought, ew, ew, uncut. I could never be with somebody who was uncut. It's amazing how quickly I learned to appreciate uh, his genitals uh, because I so dug the rest of him. Um, and I got over it instantly. Uh, and you will too. Just find an uncut guy that you super duper dig uh, and dig his dick, and you'll be over it, and uh, you'll be, expand your uh, your possibilities. So good luck with that. Well, we're gonna have to leave it there because I have to uh, I have to go circumcise someone. 
Uh, this has been the Savage Love Podcast. I'm Dan Savage. The number, if you want to leave a message for me and the at-risk youth who put together the podcast, 206-201-2720. Leave a callback number in case we want to call you back. We will not broadcast your callback number, we promise. Um, and you can download this podcast every week at thestranger.com backslash savage. Uh, you can also read uh, me blogging at thestranger.com at our blog if you'd like to every once in a while. Once again, Savage Love Podcast, give us a call, 206-201-2720, and uh, you'll hear from us again next week.